This is On Target, a look at politics, crime, education, what's happening in Newfoundland and Labrador with the people who know. The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station. And now your On Target host, Linda Swain. And good afternoon, everyone, on this uh, considerably more fall-like day than we've seen in recent weeks. Uh, October has been absolutely spectacular. We broke some uh, temperature records in Newfoundland uh, over the last uh, 24 hours or so, but uh, a little bit coolish there this evening. You're going to need that jacket. Well, back in 1964, a home opened in France to provide a place for people with intellectual disabilities to live outside of institutions. The idea was to move people out of the degrading conditions inside institutional care and into a place that was more nurturing and homelike. It was the birth of L'Arche, a group originally formed in France and which is now established in 37 countries right around the world, including here in Canada and Newfoundland and Labrador. L'Arche is dedicated to making the gifts of people with intellectual disabilities known by developing mutually beneficial and what they call transforming relationships through friendship, belonging, and the ability to make a difference. Well, my guests today are with L'Arche Avalon. They include Sheila McKinnon-Drover, who is chair of the board of directors of L'Arche Avalon. Hello, Sheila. Good afternoon, Linda. So nice to be with you. And I'm speaking, I'm speaking to you from sunny Cornerbrook. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> Excellent. And a member of the L'Arche Canada national team and regional leader for Atlantic Canada, Newfoundlander, Jen Power. Hello. Hi, Linda. Nice to talk to you. Uh, Sheila, let's start with you. What exactly is L'Arche? Well, L'Arche is a very inclusive um, community or organization which is really designed to uh, enrich and enhance the lives of all of society, but in particular, the people, the adults in our society with intellectual disabilities. And people will be surprised to know that there are, according to national averages and so on, approximately, well, over a thousand adults in the metro area of St. John's, you know, who have an intellectual disability. And all these people, obviously, uh, are living in home, with their own parents uh, for as long as their parents can care for them. Um, and or in some other accommodation. And so what L'Arche is, is a, a place where everyone is included, where everyone is welcome, and where we live, as you would in your family, Linda. You know, growing up, you have children of all ages and all personalities, and, and you do things together, you eat together, you... You know, you go recreation, recreational things together. And so that is what L'Arche is. It's a, it's a family-like um, place where everyone is included and everyone is welcome. How did you get involved? Well, I have a sister, actually, who is, um, she's 80 now. And um, she, uh, she grew up and she was never not living with the family and I joke and say, you know, that I, I lived in a L'Arche home before there was a L'Arche because wherever we went, she went. Whatever we did, she did. And she was expected to do things, you know, to help clear the table and, you know, things that kids do, chores, to the best, you know, of her ability. And 
I'm absolutely amazed now um, when we go in St. John's even, and <laughs> I, I can go St. John's anywhere, and, and I'm right under the radar, Linda, nobody knows me, but when I have my sister, Maureen McKinnon, and tiny she's known as in Cornerbrook, there's almost always someone who says, Tiny McKinnon, is that you? Oh my gosh, I remember you, and they're so delighted to see her, and anyway, we, you know, she grew up as part of our family, and she's been a, a really positive contributor to our to our happiness and well-being as a family despite her dis- disability and Jen how did you get involved yeah well I am um, I've always been interested in the field of disability I have a cousin with Down syndrome um, who was born when I was 11 and really just kind of um well, she's a fantastic human being, uh, full of personality and spunk, and really made me interested in people who kind of live differently in the world, move through the world differently. So I was always interested in the field of disability. I, I went away to Mount Allison when I finished uh, high school. I, I'm from Calvert, originally on the Southern Shore. I went to school in Fairyland. And when I graduated, I went to Mount A, and I did a lot of volunteer work there with adults with disabilities. Uh, I worked for a couple of summers with the Autism Society in St. John's, and the summer with Vera Perlin. And I was just always looking for a place where I could, um, where I could have those kind of experiences all the time. And I, I wasn't sure, you know, how do you do that? Do you do, um, do you become a teacher and work with kids with disabilities? Do you do occupational therapy? So when I finished my undergrad. I, was, I decided I better take a year off and figure out what is the career path that I should take in order to put me in a situation where I could spend my life uh, working with folks with disabilities. And in looking for something meaningful to do for that year off, I discovered the Larch community in Cape Breton. And so my best friend and I went there um, intending to spend a year um, living and working with folks with disabilities. And I can tell you, like, from the first few days that I was there, I had a sense that it was going to be more than a one-year experience. I was completely, um, I was completely captivated by the philosophy of L'Arche that is so rooted in relationships. You know, lots of other organizations where I worked, there was a lot of emphasis on the staff-client distance. And that we we ought to keep that distance and not not transgress it. And in Larsh, while you know, of course, we have lots of great training and we, we learn lots about maintaining appropriate boundaries. The the philosophy that underscores what we're doing is we need to know each other and we need to be in relationship with each other. And so these relationships across difference. And the kind of life-sharing approach of L'Arche just was such a good fit with my own uh, personal values. And and I would say, like, a good fit with how I grew up in rural Newfoundland um, around community and, and life-sharing. So so I started at L'Arche in Cape Breton in 1994, and I'm still there 28 years later. <laughs> wow, it's it's transformed your life by the sounds of it. It absolutely has. I mean, you know, not the least of which is to say that I ended up meeting a guy from Cape Breton and got married, and, you know, that has a certain impact as well. But I 
I'm really, um, I'm so, so fortunate that at a young age, you know, at 22, um, I was able to find something that was worth giving my life to. And I, um, obviously it's demanding and have lots of ups and downs, but I don't, uh, I don't regret that. I don't doubt it. And it's such a, um, it's like a dream come true for me as a Newfoundlander now to be able to support the folks in St. John's to bring L'Arche to my home province. Our guests today are with uh, L'Arche Avalon. Uh, Sheila McKinnon-Drover is chair of the board of directors of L'Arche Avalon. And Jen Power is L'Arche Canada national team member and regional leader for Atlantic Canada. And we'll be back right after this. Saturday morning, join us for the Irish Newfoundland Show. Send your request to irishnl at vocm.com or submit them online at vocm.com. Our guests today are with L'Arche. They include Sheila McKinnon-Drover, who is chair of the board of directors of L'Arche Avalon, and Jen Power, the uh, a member of the Canada, uh, L'Arche Canada, sorry, national team and regional leader for Atlantic Canada. And uh, Sheila, you mentioned your sister Maureen, or Tiny. She's been here in this studio. She is uh, an absolute charmer. Uh, she's a core member of L'Arche. How has it uh, benefited her and you? Well, she's a, she's a delight. She really is. And thank goodness she, her memory is way better than mine, so she keeps me on track in all kinds of ways. But, you know, she's an extremely social person, and um, our house would be chock-a-block full all the time if everybody came that she invited to come for tea or to come and stay overnight or whatever. Um, she's just a delight. And I think that's one of the things uh, about Lars generally is that you know, you're you're looking at a person's abilities as opposed to their disabilities. And I always feel guilty when I say that she has an intellectual disability, or not guilty, but, you know, I feel it doesn't describe her at all because that's not who she is. And uh, But have, being part of L'Arche has been amazing for her because it's allowed her and me to uh, to socialize with other people who have you know who have like interests and uh, who understand problems that exist when you have a um, a sibling or a child an adult child with an intellectual disability or any disability and um, we you know as as a large group large Avalon we have regular monthly and weekly activities and uh, so it's um it's a real social social gathering social get together and a time to to meet new people and um and she and she and I as well really enjoy that Linda so you say she's 80 now she is <laughs> so she was born in the 1940s <clears throat> she was and you had a very supportive family obviously right from the get-go but how might her life have been different if she didn't have that well um my, as it happened, incidentally, uh, my grandfather was a doctor, and I think he pretty well knew what her condition was. She has actually what's called Turner's syndrome, and um, that manifests itself in, in certain in certain body, you know, broad neck or uh, different things like that. But uh, there are varying degrees of intellectual ability with that. But he suggested to my mother that she go to Montreal to have tests done. So she did that when when Tiny was about when Maureen was about a year old, 
and the doctors there confirmed that she did she had did have Turner syndrome and they suggested that she put her in a home because she was only going to live five years anyway and um, both my parents said no whatever whatever time she has on this earth she's going to be with her family and she's going to be one of the family and um, so that's what they did and and you know, as as children growing up, there were four of us in the family. I think that we really, really benefited from that. I think that I like to think that it that it has made us better, better people. So, what would have happened to her? Well, who knows? But um, she didn't go into a home. Uh, you know, with the expectation of her living five years, and uh, she's still here. We had her open house down at the Eastern Edge Gallery in at late May, and uh, at her request, she loves the bagpipes. We had a bagpiper there, and uh, and uh, it was wonderful. Still living life large, so to speak. <laughs> well, that's uh, fabulous. Uh, so obviously, when uh, you when Larsh came to your attention, it, it obviously struck a nerve with you, saying, "Wow, this is exactly what I'm living." Yeah, exactly. It really, it really was. And you know, the houses that we have planned for. Um, for as large homes, we we are planning to build two uh, side by side, and we have land actually in Pleasantville. Uh, they're facing Charter Avenue, and they're sloping down toward you know down toward the lake. They're two-story buildings, and uh, although they do have a lower floor, and in the the basement area, which is above ground of one of them, we will have um, a community room, and so that will allow us. Not immediately, obviously, but as soon as we can to be able to do day programs where adults with intellectual disabilities and their assistants, their family can come in from the community. So, you know, we we will involve the community in that way as well. So we're looking looking at reaching out to the community in that way to uh, to include more adults with intellectual disabilities so that they can they can have an opportunity to to you know to socialize and to do programs jen can probably talk a bit more about the kinds of uh, workshops and things that they do in places like wolfville where they actually have a little uh, i would call the cottage industry i don't know if that's quite accurate but um yeah maybe sheila you you mentioned the word community and i think that's a key word for us in larsh and both community in the sense of the people who belong to our uh, to our networks, but also being really present and engaged in the wider community. You know, one of the core values of Larsh is is really about um, shaping a more human society. So we we know from our experience that not only are the lives of folks with disabilities enhanced by having, you know, supportive relationships, by being treated with dignity and respect, by having opportunities to develop skills, but but the lives of the the society around them is also enriched by by their presence. And so the the projects of Larsh are always focused on that um, kind of dual um call one one to meet the needs of the folks with disabilities who belong to the organization and also then 
to share the, the gifts and to be engaged in the wider community. And L'Arche Avalon um, has been working to establish their organization for many, many years. But up until now, the community of L'Arche Avalon doesn't have a physical home, right? So they, they do amazing things, music circles and uh, community events. And we have uh, a couple of really fantastic events coming up this weekend that we can talk about. But um, all sorts of ways of being together, lunches and walks, and uh, they've welcomed members of L'Arche from across Canada to come and visit. But up until now, they haven't had a physical location. And so what Sheila refers to as kind of the next stage in the development of the community. And, you know, we still have quite a bit of work to do to realize that dream, including and not insignificantly working with the provincial government to access operational funding for the for those homes. Um, but it really is our dream to bring L'Arche Avalon that sort of the next step to be this this physical location where people with and without disabilities, can live together, can share life together, and can be engaged in the in the world around them. So how are you currently um, carrying out your activities and, and your programming, um, uh, Sheila? Because without a, a so-called home, how is, how is it working now? Well, we're very, very fortunate in having the support of the both the Presentation and the Mercy Sisters. And the Lantern has really become our home. We, we ha- they have some lovely facilities there, a couple of large rooms, which includes a, you know, a kitchen so that uh, we, can, we can go there for, um, for our gatherings, and for, it's like a social, um, for our craft mornings uh, and any, any other things. We actually hold our board meetings there as well. And uh, we also use... Well, going for walks, if the weather is good, we might go around Kitty Bitty Lake or Bowering Park or somewhere like that. But otherwise, we use utilize the field house as well. So, but our main home, if you like, is the is the lantern, and it is really a, a light for us, a real beacon of light for our Sheila. Uh, Sheila, you you undervalue also your own contributions, like Linda the. That everything that happens at L'Arche Avalon happens because of the time and investment of volunteers, um, people like Sheila and others who have family members with disabilities, but also people who've been inspired by the mission of L'Arche or who've been inspired by Maureen or other members of the community with disabilities and who come to give their time and energy and I think receive a lot of, of energy and nourishment from those um, from those folks, but you know there are no paid staff today at Large Avalon. Everything that happens—those lunches, walks, uh, film nights, community weekends—everything happens through the dedication of, of volunteers like Sheila, and it's really remarkable. Our guests on On Target today are with L'Arche. They include Sheila McKinnon-Drover, Chair of the Board of Directors of L'Arche Avalon, and Jen Power, who is Regional Leader for Atlantic Canada with L'Arche Canada. We'll be back right after this. Join Brian Medor weekdays at noon for a comprehensive update on news from every corner on all levels. Newsmakers, weather, and more. Join us on your VOCM at noon.
And our guests today on On Target are with L'Arche. They include Sheila McKinnon-Drover, Chair of the Board of Directors with L'Arche Avalon, and Jen Power, who is Regional Leader for Atlantic Canada with L'Arche Canada. And um, uh, Maureen, uh, sorry, Sheila, I was going to ask you, um, when you were talking about L'Arche and, and its core values and that and, and describing your family and the family approach uh, that L'Arche has taken, I, I'm wondering how it uh, accommodates all ages, because I imagine you're dealing with all ages are you not well we're dealing with adults so yes all ages with you know within that that group um we don't have you know the children are not included in in homes in large homes in terms of the you know adults with intellectual disabilities but not children with intellectual disabilities and um although there are there are quite a few of our activities where people whose um who have children of under, you know, under, say, under 18, 20, come to our activities, and they're more than welcome to do that. But most of them are geared toward an adult, an adult population. So, you know, we don't have, we don't sort of cater, if you like, or we don't include young children. Um, there, there are other organizations that do that, and that's one of the problems that we that we encounter actually with adults with intellectual disabilities. There seems to be lots and lots of activities for children, either through their school or through school programs or extended programs, after school programs, uh, through the Vera Perlin Association or um, through other associations which offer programs. But um, once a person ages out of school, which is at 21, there is really nothing very much for them to do in the community. And that, that is one of the things we would like to change. And I was going to ask about that, Jen. How do, you, how do people with intellectual disabilities not only feel included, but make a difference? Yeah, I mean, it, it's, um, it's interesting to ask that because a lot of people perceive folks with disabilities as kind of passive recipients of care or as objects of charity. You know, we often, when we see a person with a disability, we feel, oh my gosh, what a sin. And, and that is not my experience of how those individuals perceive themselves, nor is it mine. my experience of those, of those individuals, you know? So for example, I actually have um, two sons uh, with Down syndrome. And one of the things that I have experienced, you know, we do all kinds of anti-bullying uh, programming in schools, right? Pink Shirt Day and everything else and how to educate kids about not to be bullies. My experience is that my kids in the school system have had a bigger impact on um, other students to encourage them against bullying than those programs because um, other students feel naturally protective towards my guys. And so they're inclined to develop this way of being that sticks up for the little guy and sticks up for the underdog. And I think that helps to change culture in the school. Um, I also have experienced a number of folks with disabilities who, um, and a lot of people who come to Larsh as what we would call assistants or staff, 
they, they come to Larsh because they believe they have something to offer, right? And they, you know, they're well-educated or they want to be doctors or, and so they come for a year or more because they believe they can really contribute and they have something to offer. And it's true, they can contribute and they do have something to offer. But what a lot of those people experience is until they've come to L'Arche and been engaged in relationships with folks with intellectual disabilities, they have felt valued for what they can do and for um, what they have accomplished. When you're in a relationship with a person with an intellectual disability, they're not primarily concerned with whether you have a degree or how much money you earn or what you have accomplished in your life. They're concerned with um, who you are and your presence in the moment and your willingness to to go for a walk together, to share a cup of coffee together. And that can be like a tremendously liberating experience to really be in a relationship where each of us is concerned only for the other person as a person and not as what you can do for me or what your status is. And I, I think that's a that's a transformative experience for a lot of people. And I certainly see that happening in L'Arche all the time in my experiences with folks with disabilities. And that's just one example, really, just one example. And that's so, so true, so true, Jen. And what it's, Jen was saying there about being in the moment really struck me because that takes yeah. away a lot of that extra extraneous nonsense that sometimes we wrap our minds around all the time. Just that being in the moment, being present here and now, this is what's happening. This is what we're doing. We're enjoying the moment. Yeah, exactly. And, Mm -hmm. and, and to value the moment for, for what it is. I, I was visiting the Larch house in St. John uh, a few years ago and they had just opened a Starbucks not long, not far from the house. And, you know, I live in rural Cape Breton. I grew up in rural Newfoundland. Like, Starbucks is kind of a big deal. And I get excited when I'm somewhere where I can go to Starbucks. And so I, I was sitting in the living room with some of the folks with disabilities who live there. And I said, um, okay, you know, I'm going to go to Starbucks. My treat, whatever you want. And I think we do that for one another. We want to ingratiate ourselves to people. We want to do things for people. And one of the members with disabilities um, looked at me, she said, I don't need Starbucks. I'm just happy, or no, I don't need Starbucks. I just need you and you to be my friend, you know? Like, I mean, that's amazing. That is amazing. And how many of us can say that to somebody else to say, look, you don't have to do anything for me. I just want to hang out with you. I just want to be your friend. And I think that's, that's something really powerful that we can minimize, but it, it's, it's not a small thing. It's, um, I think it could really make a difference in how we are with one another and how we are in the world. And I think, Jen, that was a really good segue into imagining our world differently. Absolutely. And that is precisely what you know what we what's the focus of our weekend coming up in November. Imagine the world differently. And I want to get into that when we come back after the break, because you have some very important things coming up next weekend, and that's uh, part of what uh, uh, prompted me to invite you both on the show today. So let's get into that when we come back right after the break. My guests today on On Target are Jen Power. She's the regional leader for Atlantic Canada with L'Arche Canada. Uh, She's from the Southern Shore. And Sheila McKinnon-Drover, chair of the board of directors of L'Arche Avalon. We'll be back right after this. Every Saturday is perfect for a night at the cabin. The Cabin Party with Brian O'Connell. Saturday night starting at 7 p.m. on VOCM. 
And we're back. We're speaking with members of LARSH. Sheila McKinnon-Drover is chair of the board of directors of LARSH Avalon. And uh, you're inviting, uh, Sheila, people to imagine the world differently through an event that's coming up next weekend. What's that all about? November, uh, Friday evening, at, uh, at Mon Medical School, we have films, short films, um, with the one of the producers, actually, of the films, Michael McDonald, were there. And I'm going to let Jen speak a little bit more about that because she actually knows Michael McDonald and has has worked with him and over the years. And uh, But I will say that there's free parking in Lot 30, and everyone is welcome. Then on Saturday, from 10.30 to 4.30, we're having... Um, a community day, and everyone is welcome to come to that as well. We'll be doing activities together, and uh, and lunch is included. We always have lunch. We always have food at Larsh. Um, we'll be singing and um, just doing things together. We'll have a, we have a craft project planned. So uh, let's go back to Friday night because that's that's our really big public event, and uh, ask Jan to speak a little bit about the films. And they're all Larsh-based or lar- around Larsh, and um, and the producer Michael McDonald. So, Jen, could you do that, please? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, one of the important traditions for us in Larsh is storytelling. You know, we um, and I think that's familiar to Newfoundlanders, right? Everybody likes a good story. Um, there's no better way to make a point or to teach a lesson than to tell a good story. And so Michael McDonald, who's been a member of Larsh for many years and who's a very skilled filmmaker, is also an absolutely brilliant storyteller. And a number of years ago, he traveled around the world and met different people living with disabilities who happen to be in Larsh. But the films are not primarily about Larsh. They are about disability. They're about the theme of disability, what it uh, what it means in somebody's life, how um, how it impacts them, what they offer to the world. And so he made this series of films called I Am, or As I Am. So basically helping people to tell stories of their life as it is. And um, so these stories all come under this umbrella of Imagine the World Differently. So we'll be showing uh, six of those short films, so stories about disability that reveal something um, that that um, that helps us to imagine the world differently, the world as a more creative place, as a more caring place, as a more interesting place. Um, so we'll be showing a series of films. And then Michael, he lives in the United States now. He's actually started his own film studio. Um, but he's going to be joining us virtually to do um, a bit of a keynote talk about his experience around filmmaking and disability and storytelling, and then also to do a Q&A with whoever's there. Um, I have absolutely never been disappointed when I've been there to, to either watch these films, and I've seen some of them a dozen times, and I'm eager to come back and see them again, and I've never been disappointed to listen to Michael. He's, um, he's a really inspirational speaker. So we're committed to the event being free, and to it being an hour and a half, because we know um, money is short and time is precious. So if people are available to be there, you'll meet some folks from Larsh Avalon. You'll have a chance to see these fantastic short films and also then to, to have an exchange with Michael, the producer. 
uh, these films. And because I think we missed the very top of uh, what Sheila was saying about when and where, it's Friday, November the 4th, from 7 to 8.30 at Munns Medical School Room 1M101. Free parking in Lot 30, is that correct? That's right. That's right. That's that's key (laughs) to knowing that. Something something else that's key, which Sheila referred to, is that there will be food. There's always food. We're never together without a cup of tea, a cup of coffee, a snack. So, um, yeah, you won't go away empty-handed. And it's free. (laughs) Yes, it's free. As is the day on Saturday. And this is something, Linda, like... One of the things, COVID has been really, really hard on folks who are uh, members of L'Arche. And, of course, it's been hard on everyone. But for for so much a part of how we thrive is by being together. And so it's been really challenging these last couple of years where there's um, so many barriers to being together. And we are we are cautiously entering back into gathering in, in, um, in groups. But this opportunity Saturday to be together is really uh, precious. And it's at the Lantern, as Sheila mentioned, like a such a fantastic welcoming space for so many people, including members of L'Arche. And so the day on Saturday is a day for people who are already members of L'Arche to come and see friends and be um, um, and have a good time, but also an opportunity for people who are not members of L'Arche to come and learn. So um, it's it's a very relaxed atmosphere, as Sheila said. We're gonna we're gonna sing. We're gonna listen to some talks about L'Arche. We're going to um, make music together. We're gonna create art together, and of course, we're gonna eat together. And so, I really hope that there are some folks out there, either people and their family members who um, have disabilities, or people who have heard about L'Arche or are interested in learning more. Everybody's welcome. You know, I've I've been in this business for a long time and I've seen a lot of uh, logos and, um, uh, you know, slogans and all of that sort of thing. But one thing that has struck me, um, not only in our conversation, but also the logo that L'Arche uses. And and there's not very many logos that move me, but this one does. And it's a a very simple graphic of what appears to be a boat on the waves, three people in the boat together, and they're leaning in towards each other and it just looks warm yeah Mm -hmm. it's it's a it's a really great image and it's one that you'll see um around the world it's it's something that unites large communities all around the world and we use that image a lot like i think we're all aware of the fact that the the waters that we're sailing in are rough sometimes and and i think sometimes they're rougher for folks with disabilities who have more trouble accessing supports who are often marginalized who don't often have the experience of being valued and welcomed in the in the world around them um but but one of the things that makes those rough waters easier to navigate is when you have somebody to do it with and uh I've heard from many folks with disabilities who say, "Look, yes, I need I need good medication, I need a good doctor, I need um, I need good access." But what I really need is a friend. What I really need is somebody who appreciates me and values me, and that's what we're trying to uh, create in Marsh. And I hope that's one of the images that that boat logo evokes for pe- for people. Sheila, how do people get involved? Well, just come to any of our events. If we have a Facebook page, and um, you can go on Larsh Avalon and see our weekly, monthly, 
activities and just come. You're welcome, more than welcome. Um, nobody will look at you and say, well, who's that and what are they doing here? You'll be welcome but when you come. And um, everything is there on our Facebook page. Or if you want to get in touch with me or any of the other members, by all means do that. And uh, I can give my telephone number, if you like, to uh, to anybody or my email. But uh, our activities are open completely, Linda, to anybody who would like to come. And they will always be welcome and um, and and appreciate it for who they are. And, and for our listeners um, who might be looking for this on Facebook or Googling it or whatever the case may be, because it is French-based, you might not be familiar with the spelling, but it's L apostrophe A-R-C-H-E, but it's pronounced L'Arche. Um, so that's how you can find them if you want to Google it or, or go on Facebook. Sorry, Jen, you go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that um, we, you know, we always need... You. We need the people uh, in the local area to be engaged. And as Sheila said, to be engaged by coming and joining us, uh, be engaged by being donors, be engaged by, you know, uh, connecting us with other uh, with other groups or people who might be interested in what we have to do. And so um, so there's always a role for everybody to play in this project of L'Arche. And, and as she says, everybody's welcome. Um, the, the office at larchavalon.ca is a great email address uh, to, to connect to. And yes, it is a French word. It means the Ark. Um, so you kind of have this, you can imagine Noah's Ark. It's a bunch of different um, people coming together to create something new and something hopeful. And I'd like to say, too, Linda, that we have a newsletter as well. And, and another point, uh, anybody who would like to, be, uh, to receive the newsletter can put their name on, on our list. And you don't have to be a member. Like a lot, of, a lot of organizations, you have to be a member to attend this or that or something else. If you choose to be a member, um, you, you're certainly welcome. Our membership fee is $20 a year. Uh, if you don't want to be a member but you still want to come to our activities and events, you're welcome. Um, and or you can also have your name on our friends list and receive all the information about our activities and events. And then if there's something there that you find particularly interesting, you can come. So there are no barriers. And it's called L'Arche Avalon, but does it include the entire province? Not yet. <laughs> You're working on that. We're working on that. We're going to do one, one step at a time. We would very much like it to to be to extend across the province, and uh, but we work where we are, and uh, this is where we are at the moment. So um, we'll get when we get past this stage. I'm sure there will be other areas of the province which will be interested, and we absolutely be more than willing to help them and give them anything that any knowledge that we've learned from our experience in in treading this path. Well, we're completely out of time, but I do appreciate your time this afternoon. Sheila McKinnon-Drover, Chair of the Board of Directors of L'Arche Avalon, and Jen Power, Regional Direct, uh, sorry, Leader for Atlantic Canada with L'Arche Canada. Really appreciate your time this afternoon. Thank you both very much. Have a great weekend and all the best now next weekend. Thank you, and thank you for having us on today. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Thanks, Linda. It was a pleasure. And we'll be back on Monday. Stay tuned for that. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thanks for listening.